Bizarre Comics have been scaring readers for years. Is there anyone brave enough to sit down with their creators? This is Discussions with Decapitated Dan. On discussions with Decapitated Dan, Michael Menheim, Mike Kennedy, Chad Fiddler, and Sean Jaffe join us to talk Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and of Days. Discussions with Decapitated Dan is brought to you by Curious Goods and Comics.com. Don't be afraid to lose your head over all the savings. CuriousGoodsAndComics.com, where Decapitated Dan gets his books. Are you a comic book creator? Do you write, draw, color, letter, ink, edit, or do your own webcomic? If so, you're eligible to nominate for the Ghastly Awards. Go over to GhastlyAwards.com. And find the nomination form and nominate for this year's best in horror comics, the Ghastly Awards, honoring excellence in horror comics since 2011. GhastlyAwards.com. So, welcome everybody to this week's discussions with Decapitated Dan. Joining me this week, we have, as pro- well, I, I should say as promised, but not everybody's here yet. Uh, we have the Four Horsemen crew of Michael Mendheim, Mike Kennedy, and Chad Phillips. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. How's it going? So, uh, you know, just so everybody can get acquainted with everybody's, you know, voices and stuff like that, let's just, you know, go down the line. Um, we'll start with Michael. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, Michael Menheim, um, I was one of the co-writers on Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and uh, the creator of the project, and there you go. You guys can just, just shout, Go, whoever wants to go, go ahead. <laughs> awesome. Fight over it. <laughs> uh, Mike Kennedy, I was also one of the co-writers. And I'm Chad Fiddler, the colorist of Four Horsemen. Now, the other two interviews, we've had Michael and Mike. So, Chad, this we're just going to talk to you this whole time. That's fair. <laughs> all no. right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know what? It's it's exciting. You know, all the all three books are out now. So, I kind of just want to, you know, be, before we dive into anything else, you know, does everybody just go, ah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So you know, just ov- overall, uh, let's kind of just remind everybody, you know, what is Four Horsemen and the Apocalypse? Okay, so for, Mike, I, I'm since I've done like a bunch of these interviews with you, Dan, I, I'd like like Kennedy or uh, Sean to uh, jump in and speak more than me, so people can hear other people besides for me. No problem. Sure. Yeah. Well, Four Horsemen is the story of a. Uh... Uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the soldiers in the Order of Solomon who's he's uh, tasked with protecting the seals uh, that are that that prevent uh, uh, the apocalypse, and they've been protecting it for centuries. And it's a contemporary story that takes place today. And the evil order of the Nicolaitans have uh, 
finally gotten their hands on them, and all the threads of security are starting to unravel as they get a hold of those one by one. And so this is the story of uh, uh, Adam uh, and his attempt to uh, prevent the apocalypse and the release of the Four Horsemen. And early early in the story, he uh, has to make a tough choice, and he has to actually go to hell to prevent it from happening. And that's where the bulk of the story takes place. Very cool, very cool. So, uh, Chad, since you're you're the one guy who hasn't been here before, how did you get involved in this project? Uh, actually, I was trying to think of it was when it was originally a, a video game at uh, 3DO. Um, I got hired on via them, and originally, I think the the, the Bisley parts were going to be sort of the cutscenes in between, you know, the different levels and stuff. And so I was just kind of hired to color, and they're going to kind of animate it and stuff like that. And uh, so I've been on it ever since then. So. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. I can't remember I, if, because of three people being here. Did you say what you did on the book yet? Yeah, the colorist. Okay. Colorist, that's correct. Um, so, you know, you go from book one. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, did you guys notice that typical drop in sales from book one to book two, or did you notice, like, consistency throughout? Actually, uh, the sales uh, for the books have been increasing with every book which is usually your sequels do um, less well than the first title. But um, our diamond orders have been increased at every issue. Now, um, I'm kind of curious like, when you say that. So, like, when you did your print run on, on book one, let's say you ordered, like, 5,000 copies, you know, did you did you purposely, like, go up after that because you were noticing the pre-orders just going up and up? Or did you try to just, like, Keep consistent with that. Well, actually, our first print, um, what we didn't print enough, right? And uh, so we, we had problems with the first book because we just didn't print it enough. Then we had to um, print more issues. So the, the initial launch of Four Horsemen wasn't the best and cleanest launch. But since then, um, you know, we, we, we kind of gauged how many people are um, purchasing the books and we've done a better job. Sure, sure. And, you know, the sales have been going really well. Uh, we've just started uh, to put the books out digitally. So um, we're really excited about that. We've got an exclusive um, deal with Comixology where we've put the books into nine separate issues. And with every issue, we've got um, some conceptual art that is included that nobody's ever seen in that conceptual art is Simon Bisley, Dave DeVries, and a number of other, you know, really top flight artists. So we're excited about that. And, um, you know, right now book three just released and we've got our fingers crossed on that. We we've gotten a couple reviews. The reviews so far have been really good. So we're excited and, you know, we're, we're waiting on our fans and see how they like it. Now, what was the what was the idea with breaking it down into nine digital issues? Well, originally this book, we were planning on having it come out as a comic series. And uh, when I decided to go with Heavy Metal as our publisher, Heavy Metal doesn't really release comic issues. So uh, Kevin Eastman and Heavy Metal wanted to release it as three graphic novels. So I, we never got the chance to release it how it was kind of originally intended to be released. And that was something that um, 
you know, Comixology wanted to do. So we decided to go ahead and do that with them. In, in addition to those nine separate issues with Comixology, you can also get the books in digital format in graphic novel one through three um, on Amazon. You could get it at the iTunes bookstore as well as the heavy metal website. One thing that, that we had talked about before were, were the red letters in the books and how you were thinking of making those kind of interactive in some way when it went digital. Did that happen? Well, there's two different things, right? So one is the interactive kind of puzzle-solving version of the game, and that's something that we're working on right now. We're creating an app for that. But as far as a straight digital release, that's what's out on the market now. If people just want to get it and read it on their iPads or iPhones, in the spring, we'll be releasing kind of what we call the director's edition of... um, the books digitally, and that's the one that will have um, the games that have been embedded into the storyline uh, that people can get. Yeah, it'll be cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay, now in terms of all three books being done, I have to ask, is there going to be a big collected edition? You know, I, I think it calls for one, so we'll see. I mean, book three just came out right now, and I want to encourage, you know, as many sales on that as well, of course, of we course. can. Um, at the end of the day, that's going to be something that Heavy Metal decides. But obviously, I mean, I, I think me and Kennedy and Chad and Simon, everybody would love to see a big, you know, director's edition on that. Sure. Yeah. Now that now that you got reviews coming in and you, in the in the books been out now for about two or three weeks, I'm kind of curious. You know, what what are the fans saying? What, what are you hearing in terms of feedback? You know, it's it's kind of interesting because um, we kind of have like we kind of have um, two different types of fans, right? So some of those fans really loved book two, like they loved book one, but then they just loved the darkness of book two, where kind of like hope is lost, and you know, there's it seems just completely hopeless for uh, uh, the chosen and Adam to, to win over the horsemen. The and we have our other group of fans <laughs> that thought, you know, how could you kill the chosen and, you know, what are you guys doing? So with book three coming out, I don't know. I, th- I think we wrapped up the story in a, a positive type of way that leaves enough open for a potential sequel sometime down the road. But it does have a kind of, you know, hopeful, happy ending. And temporarily, you know, the the heroes seem to have prevented a complete holocaust from, you know, engulfing the planet. And, you know, some of our fans wanted to see that. They wanted to see at the end of the day the Earth destroyed. I'm kind of curious with Mike and Chad, you know, um, in terms of the, the fans you know, I, I know Michael does does a lot of the, the coverage and stuff. Like I, he runs the Facebook page and stuff like that. Are you guys getting a lot of feedback on your ends from the fans and stuff? You know, I haven't. Uh, I, I I watched a lot of the coverage that Michael puts up through Facebook and, and stuff, um, and that's all nice. I don't get a lot of uh, I don't get a lot of people reaching out to me directly. Um, I think you know I kind of I might be behind a a firewall being with another publisher. But uh, but I do uh, I do see a lot of it and it is exciting. 
Yeah, my stuff has been mostly like social networks and stuff, you know, putting pages out there and letting people know about it. And I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on Twitter and my DeviantArt page and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, what is it now that the project's over, you know, what is it that you kind of take away from, from what's happened? Hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the, the thing it finally come to light after so many years is just uh, – I mean that's just uh, exciting. Now that yeah. Michael's not paying attention, is there is there talk of the video game coming back? <laughs> I don't know. He needed to know, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you guys do you guys want to see this series continue, or you want to take a little step away from it for a little bit and then see how things you know kind of build on it? Well, when we're working on the game, particularly the most recent iteration. Um, you know, we like Mike was saying, it, it you know wrapped up nicely, but had all these seeds for potential sequels, and there you know we were already even talking about like what those could be, and I think there's a lot of interesting little directions and stuff. I mean, the whole point of Adam being you know part of this the lineage of Solomon, and his whole motivation was to get back to his daughter, and so with her you know back intact at the end, I think there's an interesting little story there for how she picks up the family burden. Yeah. Sure. Dan, there's been a lot of interest um, as far as like from some studios in Hollywood. And I, I think that's kind of like if the property could find a way to deliver content in an alternate medium, whether that be like a, an online show or a feature film or something in that area, I think that would really like help everything and that's kind of what we're hoping for um the video game possibilities i mean there's a video game called dark siders that hello you know, hey sean <coughs> sorry hey how's it going <laughs> he gets on it he just starts coughing <laughs> sorry that was a mess out here <laughs> no and sean he probably didn't get to sleep last night and he's still you know still on his binge from last night ding 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 <laughs> So now we're welcoming uh, writer Sean Jeff. Is it Jeff or Jaffy? Jaffy. Jaffy to to the call. Welcome. How's it going? And uh, just real quick, you know, we'll we'll ask you, you know, who are you and what do you do? Um, my name is Sean Jaffe. I'm a writer and game designer. Uh, I'm currently working as the creative director for Eschaton Media uh, out here in Jersey City. Um, we do a zombie-themed live-action role-playing game and a tabletop spinoff called Dystopia Rising. Um, we've got a bunch of other games in the works, um, including stuff like Ex Arcana and um, <clears throat> Project Paradigm, which will both be out uh, early next year. Um, yeah, just um, <clears throat> I, I do freelance pretty much everything. Um, and uh, right now uh, I am uh, talking to you and I've got a cold, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious, has, has everybody here been, been on board since – the video game i i i did not come in when the video game first started but that was a very long time ago this thing has a huge history so uh dan how it started was initially very small team um and the two people that were there like at the very beginning were pretty much i believe me and simon okay and then um over time like i Chad Fiddler, I guess, came next. Yeah. Because we were coloring um, the artwork. 
And then I pulled uh, slowly Kennedy in because um, I, when I had a story done for Horseman, I, I basically sent that out to, um, you know, comic retailers, guys that knew comic books. I did a lot of focus testing on the story in the book. And I didn't get the kind of reception that I wanted back um, on the storyline. They loved the art, but, you know, there were some issues with the story. And I felt like at some point I was like way too close to the story. So then I brought Kennedy in, who's a fantastic writer who's helped me write or has written. I've, I've hired him to write numerous video game stories throughout our career And Kennedy came in with kind of, um, he knew what I wanted, he knew where we were, he knew what artwork we had, and he knew I could not afford to get like the whole story redone. So we basically needed to kind of adjust the story with the artwork that we had, knowing that Michael Menheim was going to purchase X number of new pieces from Simon to help fix the story. And as Kennedy was going ahead, had in doing that, then I wanted to bring in another writer with um, a strong leaning towards, you know, religion and somebody who could be a very strong writer in addition to Kennedy, but who also had the religious uh, know-how and expertise to make sure that our story was accurate. And I had worked with an outside script consultant to help shore up the story in addition to Kennedy's work. And Sean Jaffe was one of the guys that came in with the outside script consultant. And I really loved what Sean brought to the table. So then I pulled Sean in and it was basically me, Kennedy and Sean. And I also had other consultants that were looking at our story throughout the entirety of the project. But these are the guys that came in and really helped make the story cohesive and uh, accurate as far as religion goes. Sure. Sure. And I know when we've talked before, you, you have said that Sean was your like backbone in terms of making sure everything was accurate. So, Sean, give us an idea on, on your background and all of that. And... Well, in terms of accuracy, I mean, it's hard to say because there's so many religions in play here. So I tried to make it accurate as possible to as many as makes sense. But, you know, like everybody has their own like sort of twist on the apocalypse genre. Um, obviously, the, the whole myth of the Four Horsemen is deeply judeo-christian but i tried to sort of nod to other stuff you know in there and sort of give the impression that this was sort of a, a um you know a, a a a take on it that that sort of included as many different um es- eschatological ideas as possible um my background in religion i guess starts kind of with my dad who was an avowed atheist so that whole like screw you, dad, there is no God. Like that experience that most people have as teenagers, I had in reverse where I was like, screw you, dad, there's something, right? (laughs) Um, And uh, I wound up going through all these different religions as a kid trying to figure out if any of them would stick. I guess none of them did, or maybe they all did. Like I found myself now kind of this weird deist, but it means that I read a whole lot and I visited churches and mosques and uh, and temples and, and every other thing. Um, I, uh, my wife will attest that I spent um, our honeymoon attempting to join a cult and failing. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I wound up writing this this book and game called The Last Exodus um, in 1999 uh, that deals with some similar uh, 
ideas and say it's more about the second coming than the horsemen. Um, but, you know, it has a lot of the, the same sort of revelations, uh, fire and brimstone, seven trumpets, um, that kind of thing going on. Uh, and uh, I also worked for White Wolf for a while, and they're a, a role-playing game company that does um, – where they they did you know vampire and werewolf and these all dealt with very sort of apocalyptic issues. Um, one of the things that I tried to keep track of in terms of accuracy was I wanted to make sure that we did it in a way that where each hugely apocalyptic event did not entirely wipe out humanity, so our main character still had something to like save. Uh, and and so I did a lot of weird math where I was looking up population numbers and things and seeing like okay, you know if we kill two-thirds of India, how many people are left, you know, kind of thing. Um, it, it led for some awkward conversations when people ask me what I do. Now, that that kind of brings something up. Like, at the end of book three, in, in the way that it was open-ended in a way, I have to ask, I mean, do you want to come back to it? Do you want to touch on what happens next? Would you possibly go back and, you know, discover the Nicolaitans or, or any of the other characters? Um, um, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, uh, one of the things that, that we had definitely talked about was leaving it so that, you know, um, this is something with you know, the apocalypse in, in Judeo-Christian mythology as, as it stands with the whole revelation thing. There are uh, seven trumpets, um, and that's pretty bad. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of directions that they can go because everything is sevens on top of sevens. There's a huge amount of numerology in the Bible, especially in Revelation that says that, you know, this is, <laughs> this is the first salvo in what is a very long and grinding war. I'll, I'll let Michael explain more. So in our book, in the, in Helldiver and the Chosen and End of Days, we get to seal six. So six um, of the seven holy seals have been opened. The first four seals release pestilence, war, famine, and then death. The fifth seal brings them together. The sixth seal unleashes them on the earth where they create this massive earthquake and the world is thrown into war as well as famine and this massive earthquake. And that's pretty much the point where we end um, the trilogy. In Revelations, it continues. There's seven golden trumpets, and it, it goes on from there. What we wanted to do, whether we ended here or at some point continue it, there's a story preceding our story, and there's a story after it. So just the whole how Solomon fought in biblical times, the Nicolaitans, and how they trapped the horsemen to begin with, and how the order was formed is kind of a cool story. Then you've got the order throughout history and throughout World War II and how Adam came about to being and how he became the way he is and how his brother died and how he got to the point where our story begins. And then obviously... The last offspring of the order is Adam's daughter. And, you know, as our book closes out, it's Adam basically training her and teaching her how to continue the bloodline of the order to protect the the earth. And, you know, there's a lot of ways we could go for a lot of different writers. And for right now, I mean, our, our trilogy, 
is what it is on its own. And, um, you know, if there's a warrant to do more content, we will. Right now, we're just, we've been working on it so long that it's just, it's nice to have it out and it's nice to take a sigh and it's nice to be thinking about working on other projects. Sure, sure. Now, I'm kind of curious with, you know, with the four of you here, how do you market this? You know, how, how do you try to present this to the outside crowd of the comic book world? I'm not sure. What do you like? Well, typically what we're talking about and then people listening to this show, they, they're just people who read comics. But your book kind of, you know, transcends that line into it, it could easily appeal to other people. So are you doing like horror shows or any oh. other kind of marketing? Yeah, I mean, our marketing is is two-pronged base. Obviously, we're trying to hit all the comic people, but it's clearly horror. And at the end of the day, um, you know, it's we don't have like superheroes with capes or, you know, superhero type powers. We wanted to kind of deliver something that was real, and we also wanted to have Hollywood movie style pacing in terms of our narrative. And we were very deliberate on how the book was paced. And, you know, right now we've got a a contest running on Fangora and half of my marketing is split on horror sites. Half comics, half horror. What's the what's the contest on Fangoria? You know, it's just it's it's just a drawing to win uh, three signed issues of of the Horseman books. Okay. And then Horror Talk, and a bunch of places have given us really uh, great reviews, and they've been following um, the, the whole trilogy, and we really appreciate that. And again, like the, the people that have come and helped, you know, create our monsters and this and that and Four Horsemen, I mean, it's like Stan Winston, right, who has this huge horror following from his work in Predators and Terminator and Jurassic Park. You know, Stan Winston was one of the guys who came in and helped define how our characters look, like the Four Horsemen. So we we really wanted to bridge both gaps with the book. Hey, you say – this is funny because I wanted to ask this. You mentioned the, the look of the Four Horsemen, so I, I'm curious for each of you, which which horseman was uh, your favorite of, of Beisley's work? I liked the mm-hmm. uh, – I, I liked the uh, Famine. Even though he was a little bit of a, a little bit of a jester and a little bit outside of uh, the design of the others, pretty kind of straightforward horror. But I kind of liked that aspect that he stood aside and actually, you know, we gave him a little sense of humor. And he doesn't really seem like he would be that horrific until he smiles and opens up that belly maw. And <laughs> I kind of liked that aspect of him. He was a little bit kind of I don't know, Joker esque. How about you, Chad? Uh... Yeah, it's tough. I think Death was probably my favorite. I think the I love the design and all that stuff. I mean, it's pretty. I guess it's pretty straightforward for a Death type character, but but sure. I did like fam, I did like coloring Famine as well. Like like that big tongue. That was fun. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Um, can I nominate um just Famine's hat? <laughs> <laughs> I that was the first thing that made me go. Hmm. Okay. I, I loved the hat and, and um, it, it, you know, it, it, it just, it, it, it's exactly like, uh, like, like Kennedy said, it just, he it brought so much personality to the table for that character. Um, and, uh, 
I remember looking at it at first. I'm like, how am I going to try and explain? I eventually was like, you know what? He just has the damn hat. Let it go. Like, there's no <laughs> logical explanation for famine to wear a cat in the hat hat, but it's pretty awesome, so let it go. And it just – there well, was a time pouring through books trying to figure out like, mm, and he shall come and he shall wear a hat from the 90s and it will be tilted to the side because he doesn't care what you think. You know, like I couldn't find anything. Oh, like, you know, that's the thing is like Michael was saying, you know, these guys, these characters go all the way back to, you know, the days of Solomon himself. And I'm sure they didn't look the same way back then. You know, I think their fashion sense is is not tied to any particular period. I mean, even war, you know, war is full of, you know, atomic bombs and guns and stuff. And those didn't exist <laughs> centuries ago either. So Right. Well, you can't just have some some weird looking demon just running around in, the, you know, some... Um basically like a potato sack yeah you know the the horsemen were basically designed to be like the the alter ego of humanity so you know in terms of famine the reason why we wanted to put kind of a a little bit of a comedic edge on famine and this is what i mean this was kennedy brought that to the table on famine but as we start researching all of the horsemen pestilence famine war and those are kind of like the three. Death is kind of all-encompassing, so I'm just going to move death over to the side. Famine, like, actually kills more people than pestilence and war combined. But it's the least respected of, say, you know, the horsemen, right? So he's like, even though he's he, he does more death than pestilence and war combined, he gets the least amount of respect. And we kind of wanted to have his personality reflect that. So all of the horsemen throughout history, like whatever humanity brings to the table and whatever humanity adds to the table, that gets added to the horsemen as like civilization continues. So famine, you know, at one point was just, you know, not having enough food or drought or climate. But then that like greed and politics started getting involved. So that aspect of famine, you know, just gets built on top of whatever he already was. And same with war. You know, war is just an accumulation of all the bits of nastiness and anger and hate and weapons throughout history combined. It's like a katamare that just gets built on top of this character as time progresses. So that's why war has an atom bomb. That's why war also has a club and a chain and a ball. He just, you know, it's all of civilization as it it evolves, just keeps adding to what war is. And that's kind of how we wanted to do all the horsemen. Sure, sure. uh, Another reason why I asked and we kind of talked about the contest is right now we have a new contest going on on Facebook. So you want to tell us about that? Oh, uh, the Facebook contest. So what we've done with every release is we've had a, a art contest where people can post their um, artwork to our Facebook page, which, which is the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. You know, if you just type that into Facebook, you'll get our page. And you can submit artwork. It can be photographs. It can be drawings, paintings, whatever you want. And we post them up on Facebook. And Kevin Eastman, who is co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Simon Bisley, our Eisner Award-winning artist, and myself, 
we'll be picking the top pieces of art and we'll pick the top seven and then the facebook fans vote for the winner and uh, it's really a cool contest it goes throughout december and it had started on halloween uh, october 31st and right now it's the submission process so anybody who has artwork you submit them and then the winners get um, a year subscription digital subscription to heavy metal the grand prize winner gets a Simon Bisley painting of Famine and um, a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So we definitely encourage all the artists that have a unique vision of what Famine is to them to join the contest and post to your artwork. And how how have the, the two contests prior gone? I know you oh, guys have gotten fantastic. tons of submissions. It, yeah. it, and the winners of the contest, the top seven winners, also appear in Heavy Metal Magazine. So this last issue of Heavy Metal Magazine, you can go out and you can see the winners of the Pestilence contest. And, you know, uh, Decapitated Dan was one of the uh, finalists. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I went really quick while we're on it because I just seen the Jason Dravava posted his famine piece today and it is just outstanding. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet, but you definitely need to go take a look at it. Uh, These uh, uh, interviews on Sunday morning are really, like, tough on the writer crowd, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> those on the, those on, the uh, on the left coast. Exactly. Uh, the right coast isn't doing so good right now either. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Let me ask you. You know, if we had Simon Bisley here, I mean, you know, Simon is uh, probably the one that's still hurting, and in the UK right now, it's late afternoon. <laughs> mm. Now, let me ask you guys from from here. The, the project's over with. You know, you're, you're all done. Um, what's your next project? What, what are you working on next? Kennedy, go ahead. We'll start with you. Oh man, um, <laughs> just keeping the day job afloat. Uh, yeah, I haven't really had a whole lot of uh, creative projects lined up. I've mean, a lot of things in the back of my head, and you know, a lot of a lot of pokers in the fire, but uh, nothing nothing firmly established other than spinning plates and keeping the paycheck coming in. How about you, Chad? Um, my, actually, my schedule right now is pretty open. I uh, I've been doing covers here and there, um, but I haven't had anything. You know, it's nothing right on the horizon. There's a few like irons in the fire, but yeah. Hire me. <laughs> Sean? Um, right now, the two things that I'm concentrating on are uh, X Arcana, which is um, a steampunk role-playing game release for Eschaton Media, and um, a secret project that we are doing with um, Mark Reinhagen, the creator of Vampire the Masquerade. Um, but uh, it'll be a big deal when it comes out. Yeah, nice. Cool. And Michael? So I, I've started a social um, games company, so we're currently working on three different projects. One of them just got submitted to Apple, so that's all going well. Um, and I'm, I'm also starting, like, my next graphic novel, which is a completely different genre. It's a World War II slash science fiction type of story, and, um, you know, it's... I'm looking forward to getting that one done. And it, it is not going to take anywhere near as long as the horseman. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Now we're we're kind of towards the end of the year in terms of conventions and stuff. But uh, any any upcoming shows where where people can you know come see you guys and check out what you're doing and pick up copies of the books for sale. I'll be at C2E2. I imagine Michael will too. Yeah, well, I also I'm gonna plug, uh, you know, uh, Dan's con. That's right, Mike's coming to Dan con. Yeah, I'm gonna be there, and I think that's that happens before C2E2. So yeah, I mean, we're gonna be there. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to give away. We'll probably run a contest with some signed books, and anybody can come by, and I'll be happy to sign and draw pictures or whatever you need me to do. Very cool. Very cool. Chan. Uh, yeah, C2E2 will be the next one. And Sean? Uh, I will probably be there as well. Now, are you guys going to uh, set up like, like you did last year with an artist alley table, or is this a possible, you know, get heavy metal to set up and sit with them the whole week? I think what's probably going to happen is very similar to what we did last year, where I will have, um, I'll get a table, we'll be in artist alley, I'll have Kennedy and Sean and whoever else, Chad, obviously. Yeah. Come around, and we'll have um, times when those guys are there, which we will, you know, notify everybody on Twitter and on Facebook, and, and we'll sign, and we'll get the books, and hopefully they'll there'll be an announcement or two of some new stuff that'll be co- pretty cool, and there you go. Yeah, um, it, it, it's nice that all of you guys are going to be there. So anybody who's listening to this who knows that, you know, they have to go and get the books and get them signed, you have four months. There you go. <laughs> no excuses. Four months. Wow. <laughs> Thought we had more time. Yeah. <laughs> Four and a half months. There you go. Okay. <laughs> no, um, you know, uh, you, now that it's all done, I'm kind of curious just to find out, you know, did anybody have like a, a – a, what was your high? What was your high while working on this project? Holding the first issue in my hands. <laughs> Actually, seeing a, a printed version, finally. How about you, Chad? Uh, getting new Bisley stuff in was probably my my high. The the stuff that it was just wild. Some of the pages, like his ink work and stuff, and so every time I get some new pages in, it was just like, oh, and I get to color this, you know, and because I've been a, I've been a fanboy of his forever, so it was it was pretty wild to get to work directly with him. Sure, Sean. Yeah. Um. I would say uh, I, I'm, I'm heavily inclined to agree with Kennedy. Uh, it, holding the, the finished version is always something. Um, also, you know, um, I would also agree that you know when I first got the art, um, I was you know I was working through this other guy, so I, I didn't get to talk to Michael or or Kennedy or anybody, and so he was just sending me stuff and just saying, yeah, this guy wants to help with this comic book and. And I got the impression it had been like, you know, some kid like on the Upper East Side found some money, decided to write a comic book, not a big <laughs> thing. And then I got the art and I'm like, oh, this is Simon Bisley. I need to stop doing everything else right now. <laughs> like, it was just that suddenly was, oh, OK. I didn't realize this was that kind of a thing. Was it it wasn't getting the uh, the Four Horsemen logo tattoo, John? Uh, that, that came much later. Um <laughs> It's actually funny. I, I, I wound up uh, at the at the doctor a couple of months ago uh, just doing a routine physical. They saw, like I, I got this tattoo from this really amazing tattoo artist named uh, Old School Alex out in Brooklyn. Um, and he did the, the – you know, I always get like something from everything I've worked on. You know, so I've got the, the logo from The Last Exodus on my arm. I've got 
uh, um, the Green Lantern thing and like all of this. Like, so I, I always try and have like this, you know, theme on my body of stuff that I'm proud of that I have done. So I got uh, the Four Horsemen symbol on my leg and the artist who did it was like, I can make this look really evil and infected. And I was like, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And I didn't think that this would come back to haunt me, but my doctor starts ordering all these tests. Like, what is wrong here? What happened? Where did you get that? <laughs> thought I got it like in a dumpster, like, you know, like out behind like a, a shack. And uh, I was like, no, no, it's just supposed to look like that. Look, that's that's not that's not real. And he like kind of looked. Oh, OK. <laughs> like I've gotten like some sort of horrible, horrible tattoo from Johnny Hepatitis behind the 7-Eleven. Uh, yeah. But it just looks evil and and and, and livid. Now nice. you have to send a, send me a picture so when I post the interview, I can post the picture too. Absolutely. <laughs> too funny. How about you, Michael? You know, a more interesting question is what are the lows? Because um, <coughs> the lows kind of define what the project is and what it's gone through, and it's gone through a lot of a lot of tribulation, just like revelation. In terms of the high, um, God, I don't know. I mean, the highs for me were when other companies were like, saw the project and saw the potential and actually wanted to invest, you know, money into the brand as a whole. Those are kind of the highs. The, the releasing the book and the final last book is very bittersweet for me because it's just I, I feel like doing this book I've done everything you could possibly do wrong wrong twice <laughs> and I mean the 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 wealth of experience and knowledge I've gained from doing it is you know it, you you can't put a price tag on that because it's going to be so helpful for me moving forward but oh my god it has been the the hardest struggle and against insurmountable odds and just running out of money and trying to get this thing done. The fact that book three is finally out is, you know, is amazing. Is there, are, are there talks of merchandise and, or maybe just shirts or something? Oh, well we've got shirts right now and we've got shirts. Um, the guys can go, we've got them on the heavy metal website. Just go to, uh, fourhorsemen.heavymetal.com and you'll see our t-shirts up there um and then if you want to follow us on twitter we're four horsemen um underscore hm and uh we've got the twitter accounts and we've we've posted three videos up on youtube of horsemen related material for people that are interested in that and then obviously our facebook page and uh, the the famine art contest that we're running right now, definitely go visit there. And our Facebook page is again the www.facebook.com/slash/horsemenoftheapocalypse. All right, well, real quick, we'll end it on this. We'll just go down the line. Um, everyone else, any place, any websites or anything, people can either follow you or check out what you're up to, Mike. Uh, yeah, I guess you can. Hasn't been updated in a while, but uh, neurobellum dot com n e u r o b e l l u m okay chad uh chadfiddler.com c h a d f i d l e r that's pretty much all my artworks up there and then otherwise uh i'm black cat 13 brew on twitter and sean uh eschatonmedia.com or dystopiarising.com 
Very cool. And Michael, any other site you want to plug? No, I mean, you find me on Facebook, and, you know, I'm always on the uh, Four Horsemen Facebook page as well. I just want to say a couple things to my, uh, you know, my team out there. So, uh, Kennedy and Sean, you guys were awesome and an absolute pleasure to work with on this project. And you guys solidified the story and made it great. And to Chad, thank you for, like, the best color in the business. Um, you know, the reviewers have picked up on it. Your color and the depth of your color and your lighting is just, you know, made Simon's work, which started out like unbelievably fantastic, even better. And I know you killed yourself, Chad, on this project and hats <laughs> off to you. And I, I appreciate your, your passion. I appreciate it. Well, guys, long uh, road, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, guys, I honestly have to say that, you know, I first of all, I, I couldn't believe that all three books came out in one year. So that was just absolutely fantastic. And every single book left me just, just wanting more. I, I needed more. And then now that I have read, you know, book three, I I've, I feel fulfilled. I, I feel like you did an amazing job on, on bringing everything together. It was both, you know, visually stunning. It was probably one of the most entertaining things that, that I've read all year. I have no problem going around, you know, telling every single person to read it and, and pick it up. And I, I really, you know, you know, clap for you and, and just want to give you a standing ovation because to me, this is what I want in comics. And you guys were able to just deliver that in three straight books. So I, I just cannot you know, tell people enough that they have to go out and they have to pick this up. And I really want to thank you guys for coming on the show and, and being a part of this, especially because we were able to talk uh, every single book as it came out. And that kind of shows, you know, that personally I was, uh, you know, wanting to back it and, and, you know, wanting to get the word out there for you because I it just enjoyed the living hell out of it. So congratulations, guys. It's, it was absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks thank so you. much, Dan. Thank you. Yeah.